You're listening to the Mr. Sensational Kino Vega Podcast on the Odyssey Robots Radio Network. Hey yo, it's Mr. Sensational Gino Vega here with big episode 20 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. That's right, we've made it to the big 2-0. And actually, I have no idea if there is any significance in that number, but it is a nice round number that's bigger than 10. So we're rolling with it into our 20s here at the show. Thanks for rolling along with us. Thanks for listening today. And as always, the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast is a show where I, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, attempt to sensationalize the everyday, coming to you with thoughts, reflections, observations, and more from the exceedingly ordinary events of my incredibly mundane average life. Yes, for about 30 minutes once a week, I go from my role as supporting character on the Stuck at Home show and in the greater IC Robots universe and come front and center in my own spinoff here. Um, so I guess we're kind of like the Better Call Saul of uh, the IC Robots radio network. Although I've never actually watched Better Call Saul or um, I was going to call it Better Off Dead, but what's the, not The Walking Dead. Uh, what's that show called? Um, Breaking Bad. Uh, never seen it. Probably never will. Maybe I will. I don't know. Um, so I don't know if that that uh, comparison is apt. But whatever. You get me. You're here. Let's get down to brass tacks. What are we going to talk about today? Let's see. Well, first off, um, I just dropped my kids off at school for the first time since March. So let's start there. Here in Napa, California, our COVID-19 rates are now so low for the moment, of course, <laughs> that pretty much everything is back in some capacity. Um, still no like huge gatherings or anything, but like restaurants are open. You can even eat indoors. I don't know why one would choose to, but, uh, <laughs> the option is there. Um, should you choose to, um, let's see what else. I mean, I mean, basically almost any kind of business is back up and running. Um, I'll be you know, with like, uh, mask regulations and, uh, uh, probably diminished capacity in most cases. But one of those things that is back online in diminished COVID form is public school. As of today, um, children that chose to were able to begin attending class on campus um, if they're in the Napa Valley Unified School District, which both my children are. And so here in a deep blue state, in a Democrat-run city, Democrats all, we have Open the schools. We have liberated California. So I'm going to dunk on the death cultists with that one. Um, of course, don't get it twisted. This isn't some Florida man uh, news of the weird thing. Um, the going back to school, quote unquote, is two days a week for like three hours a day in a small cohort, wearing masks, et cetera, et cetera, with all kind of, kinds of precautions. Um, teachers were able to um, opt not to return to campus. So this wasn't like a uh, just throwing everyone back in the mix, willy-nilly, um, it is what it is type uh, approach. This was a measured and scientific approach to attempting uh, to get some kind of in-person education rolling once again. And for me, 
That means that I am recording this episode number 20 here on a Monday afternoon with no one else in the manor, which is very strange. It hasn't been this way in some time. I'm the only one here, folks. Um, not usually the case, at least not since March. Um, so yeah, I'm just sitting here recording, uh, finishing a bowl of uh, instant udon soup for lunch. Um, my mouth's kind of hurting. Um, I don't know, man. I have this like back... Uh, upper back, I guess it's a molar, uh, with a crown. And uh, it's gotten like super sensitive to liquid. So I'm usually in excruciating pain now when drinking anything or eating soup. Uh, some foods seem to set it off too, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I uh, uh, Last time I was at the dentist, she told me she could uh, refer me to a specialist because it might be a root canal issue. Been kind of hoping it just goes away, but we'll see. My jaw's all messed up too. I had uh, some wisdom teeth taken out a few years ago. My jaw's never really been the same. Just see if you can hear this. I don't know if you can hear it, but that's my jaw clicking. Anyway, that's uh, what's new with me. Endless excitement over here in the Geno Vegan universe. Uh, oh, yeah, something else that happened to me uh, just uh, yesterday, actually. Visited my mom, and my mom has been on kind of this manic terror lately of going through old family memorabilia and uh, giving it away to uh, relevant family members. So she gave me this huge shoebox full of uh, all kinds of old pictures and letters and et cetera, et cetera, from my life, my childhood the other day. And it was kind of a trip because uh, there were pictures of uh, my mom's side of the family and myself from when I was a kid. We used to have these big group gatherings. It'd be like my mom, her sister, her her two brothers, uh, their kids, my grandparents. So grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins. And uh, generally we would all uh, gather there kind of the week of Christmas. And then a few other times of the year, we'd all find our way to the grandparents' home in San Francisco um, until uh, my grandpa died and then everyone kind of scattered. It's kind of like when, uh, you know, you have like a strongman uh, dictator, like uh, when Saddam Hussein uh, was deposed and then uh, the country that he'd held in iron, his iron grip, it kind of uh, dissolved and everyone was scattered to the winds and all kinds of anarchy was going on. It's kind of what happened when my grandpa died. And domineering patriarch of the family was no more. And the family fell apart. But uh, it was weird seeing those old pictures because at one point there was this family. And if you just looked at the picture, you would think that, oh, these people are all very close. And uh, what a tight-knit family. But in reality, I have not seen any of them for years. So it's kind of of weird, kind of sad. I certainly hope uh, for better, both for and from my own descendants, as it were. I guess you can just think of me... uh, Kind of like Abraham out in the wilderness trying, trying to reinvent the wheel, reinvent the familial wheel. Um, I'm, I'm just Gino Vega out here um, wandering in search of the proverbial promised land where my family can cease its nomadic ways and thrive. Uh, no, but in all, in all seriousness, it, it is sort of weird to me sometimes what happens with families out there. Um, how, you know, it's kind of a big deal to... Uh, um, commit to 
settling in with another person as a spouse or partner or whatever you want to call it. And then um, having kids is like just really, it, it's it, one of those things that's strange because it's it, it's something that is made to be pretty mundane. But when you think about it, it's pretty mind-blowing that like a person is not in the world and then they are in the world um, and that they come into the world by way of this relationship you have with another person and then now you have this relationship with a third person. And then, you know, if you have more children, it continues. Um, it's pretty wild, but we treat it like, it's just like, yeah, whatever, just had some kids. All right, later, see ya. Um, I, I, I feel like, I don't know, I want to have a deeper bond in my family. And it's, it's something that I think that, that we have and we've, you know, Ms. S and I have put quite a bit of work toward. Um, but being able to have the kind of family that we want to have in the way that we want to have it is something that we've been fortunate enough to have the space and freedom to be able to do. And there's a a number of reasons for that. Um, One of them does, I think, happen to do um, specifically with the uh, geographical region that we are uh, fortunate enough to find ourselves in. Um, I'm talking about... USA, USA, USA. And that's right. I told you last week, this was going to be the USA episode of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. So we are going to take a quick break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about all things USA from a Gino Vegan perspective, the good, the bad, and of course, the in-between. On the eve of the most important election in our lifetime, uh, we're going to talk about some uh, USA stuff. Here on the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. Patriotism. There's a word thrown around a lot. It inspires passionate debate and is worn like a badge of honor and with good reason. Because it means love and devotion for one's country. Love. For a word designed to unite, it can also be pretty divisive. You see, there's more to patriotism than flag sequin with onesies and rodeos and quadruple cheeseburgers. Patriotism is love for a country, not just pride in it. But what really makes up this country of ours? What is it we love? It's more than just a huge rock full of animals like cougars and eagles, right? It's the people. Do me a favor. Close your eyes for a second. I want to try something out. Picture the average U.S. citizen. Think about it. How old are they? What's their hair like? How much can they bench? You got one? Okay. So chances are, the person you're picturing right now looks a little different to the real average American. There are 319 million U.S. citizens. 51% are female. So first off, the average American is a woman. Cool, huh? Is that what you pictured? 54 million are Latino, 40 million senior citizens. 27 million are disabled, 18 million are Asian. That's more people in the U.S. than play football and baseball combined. Nine million are lesbian, gay, bi, transgender. More than the entire amount of people that live in the state of Virginia. Around 10 million are redhead, 5.1 million play ultimate frisbee, and three and a half million are Muslim. Trip the number of people currently serving in the United States military. Almost half the country belongs to minority groups. People who are lesbian, African-American, and bi, and transgender, and Native American, and proud of it. 
We know that labels don't devalue us, they help define us, keeping us dialed into our cultures and our beliefs and who we are as Americans. After all, what's more American than freedom to celebrate the things that make us, us? I mean, it's stitched into the stars and stripes of this country, from the Constitution to Gettysburg, to our motto, E Pluribus Unum, from many, one. It's even in our country's name, the United States. This year, patriotism shouldn't just be about pride of country. It should be about love, love beyond age, disability, sexuality, race, religion, and any other labels. Because the second any of us judge people based on those labels, we're not really being patriotic, are we? So let's try this one more time. Close your eyes. Picture the average Joe or Joan or Juan or Jean-Luc. The real people will make America, America. And this year, whenever you feel the urge to don those star-spangled shorts, set off fireworks the size of my biceps to show love for our country, remember that to love America is to love all Americans. Because love has no labels. And we are back on the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. And I basically could have just uh, had this episode be a link to that um, promo that I just included. Because um, I kind of sums up what I'm going to be talking about for the remainder of this episode. But, um, oh, well, I will just expound on something that has already been stated better than I'm going to be able to state it. Uh, But that was a uh, bit that John Cena did, professional wrestler John Cena, now actor, did that about four years ago, ironically, right at the beginning of um, the Trump presidency, which is pretty much a monument um, against everything that is stated in that uh, a little spiel, um, but it was resonant then, and it continues to be resonant today, um, and it was a nice, I think, succinct um, description of uh, what probably the American ideal should be. So let me start off with a few disclosures. In an America where we seem to be given two choices, to be either so-called conservative or so-called liberal with all of the baggage and uh, automatically held positions that come with each side of this binary choice, I actually consider myself neither. Now, I don't mean this in some self-indulgent, whack-job, third-party sense or that I'm one of these absurdly undecided voters or anything like that. Um, I'll just put it right out there. I'm pretty much down the ballot going to vote Uh, Democrat in any given election. But with a caveat, I think that oftentimes uh, there's an assumption made by the more cult-like fringe of either right or left pole of politics that uh, the party that one votes for, the politicians that one votes for, that means that the person voting is just 100% devoted and enamored to every aspect of uh, Uh, this person's cause, this sort of personality cult politics. And you see this um, in the horrors of Trumpism, but I'll put it out there, you see this in movements like the Bernie Sanders uh, movement as well, which I was not personally a fan of. certainly did not vote for Mr. Sanders, nor would I ever. Um, Because again, you're talking about a political paradigm that is entirely based on this one individual. And that's not 
how I think that countries function, that governments should function. There should be a government that exists that kind of creates a baseline functional society where people get what they need, where people are all able to be prosperous. And I feel that generally speaking, and not in a perfect way because we're not voting for utopia, we're voting to like hold the line uh, with chaos. I feel like Democrat policies more um, better reflect a functional society. I feel like we can objectively see evidence of this right now with what's happening our, in our world where we live in a country, a first world country, an extremely wealthy country that should have no problem de socially dealing with and containing um, a pandemic disease. We see things just completely falling apart by lack of any kind of coherent federal response. And that is baked in, I feel, to republicanism with this belief in little to no government oversight, uh, no social programs, no social safety nets. And in fact, I feel like that makes me somewhat conservative that I believe in these things. I do believe in uh, um, governmental powers of police powers. I'm not an anti-police person. I am an anti-incompetent police and anti-police um, with no oversight and police based on uh, policies uh, that are, have uh, systemic racism baked in. But I'm not one of these wild-eyed um, so-called liberals that uh, wants to burn it all down, man, and everyone do whatever, because ultimately I believe that the most profound kind of freedom can only exist with this sort of structure of law, order, and governance. And again, not... Uh, jackboot fascist um, order for order's sake with no justice, you know, just uh, unregulated police forces uh, cracking the skulls and crowd controlling the pores for the benefit of uh, uh, the few on top. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. But when you go to the flip side and it's a free-for-all, everyone does whatever they want, whenever they want, that's not really freedom. That's just a kind of an inflictive free-for-all because the only people that are really going to get to do what they want are the people um, who end up resting the power to be able to do what they want um, without others stopping them should what they want to do um, impact on the freedom of those others. And in, in other words, in everything goes... Um, if I somehow manage to put together a, a militia of 50 well-armed uh, people and we want to come uh, take your house and you don't have that militia um, and we execute you and take your house, I don't know that you were really free. I mean, I guess I was free to do it, but is that really freedom? Or is freedom the maximum amount of people being able to pursue that proverbial happiness in a structure where there are safeguards put in place so no one person can usurp other people's freedom at will. So looking back at that Cena promo, he was really hitting on one of the most uh, fundamental parts of the United States of America as a country. And that is the fact that we are this big chaotic mass of people from many different places um, who came here for many different reasons. We are not a monocultural country where, you know, like a proverbial France or Sweden or, you know, a, a country where the, the, the average country person is part of this tribal group that, that is easily definable. There is such thing as a Swede. There is such thing as a, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a German. Um, those uh, tr ethnic tribal uh, 
countries. I mean, there's, and of course there's ethnic varieties even there, but it's different than what we have here in 21st century America, where we have a populace made up of people of all walks of life from all corners of the earth. Um, And so in this jumbled mass of varied humanity, um, we see both America's greatest strength and potentially its greatest weakness. The strength being that, um, as I mentioned at the start of this show, um, I'm able to have the kind of family life that I want to have in part because I do live in the United States of America, because I wasn't uh, born with the die already cast of what I had to do with my life and what kind of person I had to be. I, I have enough freedom of personal expression in this country that I was able to be who I want to be. Um, and true, I'm sure there's other places where I could pull it off as well. And true, there are people that are are still uh, suppressed from really being able to make the personal choices that they want and live the life they want, even in this country. But this country does offer a unique springboard to be your own person, just by virtue of the sense that there is no one American or no one America. It's not a monocultural society. It is a multicultural society. And uh, yeah, so that gives us a lot of options for how we choose to live our life here. Um, At the same time, being a culturally and ethnically pluralistic society, it is going to be very difficult to ever have kind of a unified... um, unified uh, national voice, opinion. You know, we all hear so many stories about how just partisan and divided the United States is. And I mean, I think part of that is if there ever was a time when it wasn't, you had a very small group of the populace really with a position of being able to express themselves and uh, uh, achieve freedom. But as as that American dream has extended to more and more um groups and uh, parts of our society, you're going to have uh, different groups at odds with one another. And uh, this group wants this thing and doesn't want this other group to have that. And that group wants that, but wants doesn't want them to have this and so on and so forth in this endless, tiresome uh, cacophony. It doesn't have to be that way, but that's the one one way that things can go here in the States. So to really think about... Um, the best of times and the worst of times examples of what we have facing us here in this country and what we can uh, hope to achieve from it or fear to uh, experience in it. Uh, I want to mention, I listened to uh, an MMA fighter currently recently signed with the UFC for the first time, a lightweight division fighter by the name of Michael Chandler. I recently listened to him being interviewed by MMA journalist Ariel Helwani for Ariel Helwani's podcast. And um, uh, Michael Chandler was talking about um, someone from his former organization having bad feelings that he um, had gotten successful and had managed to sign with the UFC. And Ariel Helwani was asking Michael Chandler about that. And Michael Chandler was like, essentially said that there's two ways you can look at the world. You can have a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset. Now, the scarcity mindset says, if you're doing well, that means I can't. If you're uh, achieving things, you've taken those things and I can't achieve them. And so 
that is kind of the foundation for the all versus all mindset. Just the endless uh, succession of um, I've got my gun pointed to your head. You've got your gun pointed to my head. Another guy's got his gun pointed to your head. Someone else has their gun pointed to that guy's head. And on and on and on it goes um, until we all essentially kill each other. That's the scarcity mindset. The abundance mindset is that there is more than enough in this world for everyone. You're doing well? Great. I can't wait to be doing the same. We'll both be have a laugh about it together. Or uh, I'm doing well and you're not? Well, hey, I've got more than enough here. Let me help you out and we can both be up here doing great. That's the abundance mindset. And the abundance mindset kind of goes back to what Cena was talking about in that promo, which is um, at our best as Americans, we are given the opportunity to be in this country with many different kinds of people. And we can kind of be happy about that. Like, look at how many different kinds of people are here and all able to do their thing and be who they want to be and live the lives they want to live. And you're going to live yours? That's great. I'm over here living mine. Let's enjoy the fact that we're both able to do it. Let's help each other out. Let's go find some people that aren't able to get what they need right now and hook them up with what they need. So I think the plurality of American society combined with America's mythology centered around freedom, personal expression the so-called pursuit of happiness and such, you combine that with the abundance mindset and you have a pretty amazing place. You have a place where cultures collide and combine, create new things, share ideas, uh, innovate, uh, help uh, inspire and contribute to the further cultural mixing around the world, Um, moving towards a world, a more Starfleet-like world where we're this kind of... uh, a team of people from different places all working to lift one another up into a much better world. And yes, there will be problems along the way. Yes, there will be hardships. Yes, some people won't want to participate nicely and will uh, act poorly. And yes, there needs to be ways of addressing that and uh, keeping society safe and and moving in a positive direction. But these are all things we can deal with. Um... These are not obstacles that we need to cower in such fear of that we burn the whole thing down and turn it into a dystopia um, as we uh, give ourselves over to hysteria and conspiracy theories and memes that we see on Facebook. But that's exactly what happens, that giving over, when instead of the abundance mindset, we apply the scarcity mindset to um, American mythology. We go from uh, the greatness of our plurality to a sort of mean-spirited cowardice that sees everyone and everything as either a threat or an obstacle to my freedom, my getting what I want at any given time immediately. And sadly, the scarcity mindset is a very persuasive and infectious one. It seems to be easier to lead groups of people down the path of fearing that they're not going to get what they want versus uh, persuading people that they in fact have what they need and are actually in a position to help others achieve what they need too. Fear and resentment and grievance are all very powerful tools. They stir up powerful um, and dark emotions. 
inside of us. And unfortunately, there are people uh, in positions of power in this country that have had no qualms in spending decades um, really harping on fear and grievance and bringing uh, us to a place where we find ourselves now, which is quite frankly a place of crisis in this country. I, I really don't think that's hyperbole. Uh, we are in a place where the scarcity mindset is the rule of the federal land, and that affects each and every one of us. I mean, I'm very lucky. I'm in a socioeconomic position, uh, geographical position, etc., where I have been privileged enough to be relatively unscathed by Trumpism. Um, but even I, you know, feel the effects. And it's like even the insulation doesn't matter. When I see what it does to other people who are in more precarious positions, uh, it's just, it's it's depressing. It's, <laughs> I mean, no one wants to live in a failed state, yet enough of our country is willing to, even if they're not uh, Trump cultists, to just use this both sides as an act as of what's going on. Is it all uh, reasonable or uh, sane? That it just continues to give this black hole of scarcity and grievance the oxygen to survive and grow. And once it gets to a certain size, I don't know that there's any turning back. Uh, and I, I honestly think it might be too late. But we'll see what happens this Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, and in the days and weeks afterwards, where I hope, I, uh, what do, do I, I, I think and I pray, I guess, <laughs> that, uh, is that the active verb tense of thoughts and prayers, I guess so, um, that somehow abundance wins the day. And we come out on the other side of this thing, at least in some kind of position, to recover some sort of sense of national dignity, of hope, of uh, a vision of America that works for, if not all people, because it never will, more people. Um, Or whether we let scarcity just gnaw out what remains of the American soul, because I think it's almost there. And I certainly don't think it's going to last Another four years with the death cult in charge of the federal government. It's up to you, folks. Do you want uh, the America of Gene Roddenberry, or do you want the America of Toby Keith? I feel like it's a no-brainer, but that's just me. Your mileage may vary. Uh, In the meantime, hope you're all doing well out there. Hope you've all voted. Um, And remember that this goes far beyond an election and an election year. Talked about this a little bit last time, but I feel like for those of us who do believe in the abundance mindset, believing in it is one thing, voting is another thing. But I I urge you for your own personal uh, uh, growth um, and for the growth of others that will come from that um, to really try to find a way to maintain some level of civic engagement, civic involvement, just outside of an election year. You know, uh, volunteer, if you've got kids, spend some time volunteering at the school. If you don't have kids, I don't know, volunteer at your local library or something. Uh, Help someone on your street. I don't know. (laughs) Find something. Do something outside of just uh, 
living for yourself and being a consumer. Um, because that's another way that we really um, can, I think, elevate this American spirit to something more akin to Gene Roddenberry than to Toby Keith, which is to uh, just find a way to engage with our community. Um, I've done it. I have received great personal benefit from it. And I feel like I hopefully have benefited others because that's the whole thing. It's like a mutual, it's a symbiotic relationship. You know, I'm not just trying to be pious and talk about do-gooderism for do-gooderism's sake. It'll do good for you too. Take it from me. Mr. Gino V. And with that, I'm out of here. I've talked way too long, as per usual. Um, hope you all stay strong on Election Day. Um, for the Trumpers out there that are still listening, um, uh, love you too, buddy. Our buddies, as it were. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. And we'll know how this all shook out, I guess, maybe. <laughs> talk to you soon. This is Mr. Sensational Gino Vega. For the Mr. Sensational Machine of Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network, signing off. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see your glory flying. There's a lot of men dead, so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army We lost his right eye But he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me To grow up and live happy in the land of the free Now this nation that I love is falling under attack A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world like the Fourth of July. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list, and the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist, and the eagle will fly, and it's gonna be here when you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell, and it'll feel like the whole. Brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue.